Hi, and welcome to another episode of that podcast. I'm Dave. And I'm Bo. And uh, you okay, Bo? How are you doing? Yeah, I've been doing all right. Uh, I just got back from Sunshine PHP. Uh, did that last weekend, so that was a lot of fun to be down in Miami again and hang out with a bunch of people I haven't seen in a while. Yeah, it sounds nice. I need to get to that conference. It's mm-hmm. probably the most appealing conference to me, just because of where it is. Yeah, definitely. It's it's definitely one that I would recommend people go to. So maybe next year you'll be able to to make it out. Oh, yeah, that'd um, be nice. Mark Mark Railton actually came out, so I got to spend some time with him. He's one of our longtime listeners. We both met him at, at Manchester. Uh, oh, awesome! And, uh, That's cool. Yeah, yeah. He's he's doing well getting to conferences at the minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think this was his considered his vacation for the year. I think is what he said. So he he he, he was there for a while and had a lot of fun, and we met a lot of cool people. And he, I think, he had a blast. Oh, good. Yeah. So um, I haven't been doing anything too interesting, like nothing like that. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, one of the things I wanted to talk about was in the, the turn of the year. One of the, one of the things I started doing was um, writing down more uh, notes, particularly to do items. And um, how I started out was every day I'd start a new page in my notebook, write the date at the top, and then write down my to-dos for the day. And one of the things I quickly noticed was I wrote down a lot of things that I didn't get done in that day. So I forced myself to copy all the things I didn't do yesterday onto today, which kind of motivated me to to get things done in a way. Uh, But it did become quite a chore. But anyway, it was working, and it felt quite good uh, doing so, you know. Uh, and I quite liked it, simple enough. Uh, mostly for work stuff, and like I don't bother with it at the weekend because I don't want to have to carry my notebook around with me and things like that. Mm-hmm. And it, I did that for a few weeks, and it was it was working fine. But then I came across something called bullet journaling. Have you ever heard of it? I don't think so. So it's effectively a style. It's 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 a little bit like what I've been doing. I'm just on my own, but uh, it's actually a bit more of a a system towards it. And I've I've been doing that since. I'm looking now in my notebook. Since uh, January 26th, um, I ordered a special notebook for it. Um, they recommend using a, a grid notebook, um, so not lined, not plain, but uh, has a grid so that you can you know, draw tables and things neatly and things like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, the bulk of it is sort of taskless, as in bullets. Um, the different types of bullets, there's a bullet for event, there's a bullet for a note, there's a bullet for a to-do item. And then these these uh, items, these bullets get changed. So you could cross out a to-do item, so you cross the bullet. You can migrate it or you can schedule it, which is kind of cool, which you fill in slightly different pattern. Mm-hmm. Uh and then there's also, so that's daily planner. And the way I'm doing that is um, I'm not migrating to do items to the next day like I was before. As long as they're on the same sort of page, they stay where they are. So at any one time, my to-do list is everything I can see on the page in front of me. That's working quite well. Cool. So I'll, I'll carry on down doing the same day on, you know, one page will have several days on it, depending on how many tasks there are. And that's working quite well. I'm sort of annotating it. I've seen some people on the internet do some really cool stuff with theirs. Like you do like sketch notes and stuff, don't you? Yeah. I started to try to do some of that at some of the conferences I've been at. Yeah. 
you know, people do, people who are far more artistic than me do sort of really nice little illustrations about the weather of that day or, or something. Mm-hmm. I've got sort of like a couple of squiggly blue lines that, with a tally of how many cups of water I drink. Uh, so I'm trying to encourage <laughs> that. Uh, if, if I get weighed, I put my weight down in red so I can see that. Um, and then I've got monthly planners. I've got individual pages that are assigned to certain projects like Mockery, like that podcast. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of cool. And um, and it's working. I've even got Rebecca doing it. Um, she wasn't so sold on the system, but when she saw I'd got some like nice um, fine liner pens in all different colours, mm-hmm. and, and I showed her videos of what some of the more artistic people do, and how pretty they made theirs look. She started doing it. Uh, I think she's enjoying it as well. Nice. That sounds awesome. Yeah. It's worth worth looking at. Bulletjournal.com, I think, is the URL. Um, it just added a little bit more method to my madness. I, I was enjoying using the notepad for more things anyway, but now I'm, mm-hmm. I've got a system as well, so that's kind of cool. Nice. Are you uh, are you comfortable like posting some photos? Um. Maybe I'll have a Maybe. look and see if, if, <laughs> okay. if, if I, I might depends on what the content is and how personal yeah. some of the stuff is, but yeah, I'll definitely, I mean, I, I could definitely post, uh, the, that podcast notes. Mm-hmm. Okay. That'd be kind of, uh, that would be pretty cool to see. There's only five bullets on there, but well, mm-hmm. notes on there, but you know, you get the idea yeah. uh, and I'll definitely post some links and some, and I'm sure I'll be able to find a really nice picture to put up as the background image on the site. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I will keep reporting on that. Cause like I say, I, I've been doing it for a f- couple of weeks now and I'm enjoying it and it's good. So mm-hmm. I'd like to keep it up. Cool. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so similarly, um, I got an iPad pro a while back. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I got it for several reasons, uh, but most importantly, um, Jonathan Renink and, uh, Matt Stoffer were talking about it because Jonathan was thinking about getting one. And it finally gave me a chance to like, really look into it seriously. And I got to try out Jonathan's when uh, we hung out at true North PHP. Um, and I think I told you about it. I think, I think you kind of laughed at the time and said that it was a really poor excuse to get high technology, a really thin yeah. excuse or flimsy excuse or something. I can't remember exactly you, the word you used. <laughs> it, it did seem like it was, uh, yeah. you were indulging uh, yeah. with a poor excuse. Yeah. And, what you know, did you want? You wanted to draw on it? Is that? Yeah. Was so it- I, I had a couple of reasons. I wanted to do some drawing on it. Um, I wanted to be able to try and take some some notes I've been writing by hand um, in a different way because I've I've been I've actually been doing like the paper notebook thing for a couple of years now. I've been dragging it around with me in my backpack, but I was never very consistent with it because the notebooks weren't mm-hmm. always there. Um, you know, well, I, at one point uh, I started. Do you, well, how big a notebook are you talking? Uh, you said dragging around in your backpack because I'm yeah. doing this in this. Can you see that? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Next yeah. To my head. Next to yeah. my head for uh, comparison purposes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks like a uh, what's the Mols- Moleskine or Moleskine notebooks? Yeah, it's um, not a Moleskine one. I, it's a uh, it's similar quality, but it's uh, some German company, I think, mm. based on Lecterm nineteen seventeen. Yeah, uh, I did have Moleskine ones before, but uh, mm. I saw this one and it seemed the paper's a little bit heavier. Mm-hmm. So if yes. you're putting stuff on in a thick pen, you know, like it. The moleskin ones tend to, once you've done something on one side, you you turn mm. the page and you can see right through it. So 
This yeah. is a, you can still do that a bit on this, but it's not as bad. Okay, that's cool. Um, yeah, my I, I've had everything from notebooks that same size to um, probably the size of my laptop, um, like like good size good size notebooks. Um, I actually tend to like to to write and draw big, um, so it's um, I, I would often get the bigger notebooks to bring around and, and stuff. But the, the point was, it was always in the backpack, and like I mm. if it was either out and then I'd forget to put it in the backpack or it'd be in the backpack and then I wouldn't take it out at home. So I wanted to have something that um, I could do that was more, more useful, I guess. Um, Cause I figured that the, the drawing stuff that I do sometimes uh, would be nice to be able to do this. Um, I've had like uh, the Wacom tablets in the past, um, but even that I, I had, and there's that disconnect between what you see on the screen and what you're actually writing or what you're actually drawing. Um, and I figured that the iPad Pro, now that it actually has like the the, the proper pencil, the, the Apple pencil that has you know pressure sensitivity, it's actually like, like incredibly accurate compared to you know drawing with your finger. Um, I figured it would be a good good time to give it a try. Um, so yeah, I got I got the bigger sized one, um, and it's actually almost the same size as my 15 inch laptop, as far as like screen real estate. Like I could probably put it over. Yeah, it's almost it's almost the same size. So it's if I if I if I downsize to like a thirteen inch MacBook, um, it's probably going to be bigger than the, the the MacBook laptop is. So it's a pretty nice thing. Uh, you probably can't see it, so I'm going to shift it here. Shift my uh, I can't do that. I'll take a picture of it. But I've I've started to put it right under my external monitor so that it's always there, uh, so that I can write notes. So I've been writing notes for like all of the client meetings that I've been doing with Sensio Labs, for example. Um, I got a an app called good notes and like just today or just the last two last couple of days, we've had to start going back through uh, some of our earlier sessions. Um, and I was able to find them really quickly because I knew exactly which notebook it was in because they're all uh, the notebooks are all labeled really well. And I could just flip through really quickly with my finger to get to the right date uh, because I'd, I'd made the decision at one point uh, to put the date on every single one in the same spot Um so it makes it really easy to find stuff. So I've been I've been really happy with with this as well, though it's not really like sketch note style, um, and I'm not following any sort of um, thing like like you're talking about. Uh, but it would be interesting for me to check out something like that that bullet journaling. I've seen a lot of people do some really nice things once they start fi- like either getting a rhythm or finding like a a thing to follow, like a, a template almost, if you will. So that's sounds pretty exciting to check out the bullet journaling stuff. Yeah, like I say, it's been pretty simple for me to follow so far. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, yeah, and I, I'm used to carrying. I used to carry around one of these little notebooks. I don't bother. Like I say, I'm not bothering carrying this around. I'm mm-hmm. either at my desk or, you know, I'll. Re- Doesn't matter. I'll put, it, I put it in my phone and I'll pop it in my notebook when I get chances. What I've been yeah. doing. So. Cool. So, yeah. so in my notebook for this episode, the things I've got down to talk about was, um. Let me see. I've lost my page now. Oh, yeah. So in January, um, you know, uh, my side project to be was going to be uh, the domain catching system, opening right, it out yeah. so other people could book uh, to try and catch names. Well, um, I still haven't made any progress on it, but I had a bit of a, a bit more for a good look with it in January. Um, I caught several domain names. Uh, throughout January um, and sold them on quickly. Uh, so I, I think my profit was about a thousand pounds for January, which wow. is just nice. Yeah, um, 
and it's nice because it was virtually no effort at all. It's just, and that's the kind of thing that can happen with that system, you know, just mm-hmm. with a little bit of luck. I mean, I could catch one domain and sell it for three thousand pounds easily with a little bit, little bit of luck. Um, mm-hmm. So it was kind of nice. I just wanted to mention it. Um, now, if I was going to convert it into a site that'll take bookings from other people, it'd be a lot of, you know, thirty to fifty pounds sort of uh, invoices going out. Hopefully, enough right. to cover. And it's a bit of a toss-up, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd, I'd essentially be taking my my look the look element out of it. Still, mm-hmm. some look, but. You know, because I'm trying to catch so small little domains for other people rather than maybe that one big one for myself. Right. Uh, but yeah, I just thought it'd be, I'd, it'd be worth mentioning. That's cool. That's awesome. So, yeah. so, so it's still just for you. You haven't actually made it for other people, correct? That's right. Yeah. So it's still the- just just catching domains for me at the minute. So, and that's kind of your where you're at right now is trying to decide if you want to want to take it to that next level. No, I, I do want to take it to that next level. Um, mm. Just because, um, I mean, essentially, it's getting harder to do. There's more and more people doing it, and there's fewer and fewer good quality domains uh, dropping. Uh, people mm-hmm. are more aware of it, uh, that kind of thing. Um, so it makes sense to try and cash in, because there, there, are, there are hundreds of domains out there that are worth £50 to somebody, mm-hmm. um, even just for uh, SEO value. Um, right. Some of the domains have seriously like impressive link uh, profiles, and, and people will pay. Um, I saw one person offering to pay. Um, so, have you heard of Moz dot com? It's an it's an SEO tool. Yes. Yep. Yep. They have a couple of metrics. One called uh, Domain Authority, and and it's a score. I don't know how high it goes, but I saw one person was saying they pay a pound per domain authority. So, mm. a domain authority score of thirty was a £30 domain to them. And they said they were buying those sort of domains in the 50 to 100, like as in uh, batches of 50 to 100. Wow. So, yeah, so those kind of names don't have, who who essentially don't have any immediate value to me, mm-hmm. but because they have these backlink profiles, they are valuable to SEOs. So they're the mm-hmm. kind of domains that I wouldn't even spot them because I don't have any tools. There are tools people do offer them that you know you could see domains yeah. like that that are going to drop. Uh, but even so, I'm I'm not even necessarily skilled enough to know uh, how good the backlink profiles profiles are. You know, if it's all spammy links, then they probably wouldn't be interested. But mm-hmm. if they're good links, then they are, and so on. So does your does your software then does it do you like post like a, like a parking domain type thing? on the on the domains that you buy that you then allow people to buy from those domains too or how does that work um i don't at the minute mm-hmm. um it, well i do kind of i don't um i have a a dns server set up that's like wildcard dns so mm-hmm. if you ask it for any .co.uk domain name it points at this holding page i have that just says this domain may be available for sale okay um so when I remember, I go in sort of in batch and any domains that I've caught recently, I'll change the DNS server to point at those, that DNS server. Mm-hmm. So they automatically get just a holding page with my contact info on. Um, but yeah, I, it doesn't, I don't do that automatically, but I should do really more mm-hmm. often. How do you generally, how do you generally sell these then? Like, are, are you part of a marketplace that you post them to? Yes. Um, 
I use a place called domainlaw.co.uk. Um, it's law as in like a legend or myth. Um, mm-hmm. It used to be Domain Lord, actually, but a few people sort of said he was being a bit, the guy was being a bit uh, big-headed. He mm-hmm. said it was just a name, mm-hmm. so he changed it. Um, and yeah, and that's a, it's a reseller market, so usually selling to other domainers, uh, or sometimes SEOs, people like that, occasionally end users, but not, not all that many. Uh, but it's a good place to shift names quickly. Um, so that's what I tend to do. Mm. Uh, so, yeah. Cool. Nice. Um, so what else do you have on your list? I've been doing a bit of work on Mockery. I've, uh, I've been pretty much the... Um, Paddy's still the owner of the the project, as it were, but I'm pretty mm. much the sole maintainer of it. And... Um, it was actually a tweet by uh, Taylor Otwell that sort of made me think about it. Uh, let me see if I find pull the tweet up and look. Oh, yeah, there it is. He said, um, framework slash library maintainers do not ever sit in smug satisfaction, work every day like you're the underdog and have something to prove. Now, I haven't ever really sat in smug satisfaction <laughs> with mockery. I've, just be, I've only ever really... Uh, <laughs> done as much as I needed to or as much as I particularly wanted to for my own needs. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I thought it's still used by quite a lot of people. Uh, it's, it's user base isn't quite as big as it used to be because um, PHP unit mocks have got better, but also mm-hmm. PHP unit ships with uh, Prophecy as well now from PHP spec. So, you know, a lot of people will be using that instead of mockery. Mm-hmm. But I'm still using it, and I still enjoy using it, and I do enjoy working on it sometimes. So I sort of, uh, I've been putting a bit of, bit, bit of effort in, uh, pushing towards a 1.0 release in the next couple of months, I think. Um, so yeah, nothing too interesting. I've, I've made a few syntax changes, but I'm trying to keep complete backwards compatibility. Mm. Um, it feels like we've been on a 0.9 for so long, in fact, it's pretty much nearly the whole of its life. Mm-hmm. It seems silly to break a load of stuff like in a few, in the last couple of months before I release 1.0. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I'm going to keep plan- comp- Go on. Are you planning on releasing 1.0? Yes. In fact, I tagged an alpha the other day just so I've got something mm-hmm. as a starting point. My understanding with alpha is that I can still add stuff if I want. So, yeah. More of a signal that you're planning on doing a release soon. Yes, that's right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in the next couple of months, I'd say I'm going to do it. I'm just, I need to, I want to review nearly all the code um, and tidy up as much as I can. Um, I want to mark some of the classes and things uh, as internal um, because I don't want to tie myself into supporting them forever because some of the stuff in there is really, really is internal. It's not really meant for extension or anything like that. Uh, mm-hmm. I want to do that. I want to tidy up all of the sort of messages and error messages because definitely the programmers' messages, and I know it's a programmers are the target market, but some of them really are confusing and things. So I want to do that. Mm, that's uh, cool. And the docs. I'm going to rewrite most of the docs, I think. Nice. The uh, the thing that you mentioned about backward compatibility reminds me of something that the Symphony, um, Symphony team just put out was the, uh, the idea of, being able to have experimental features or experimental components, for example. It's it's apparently quite a problem for them because they have that really great backward compatibility promise. Um, 
but yeah. it really ties their hands from being able, being able to experiment with new things, like things that they're not sure are going to be good um, are, are going to be a good fit for a new component, for example, or um, they might not be sure that their first version is going to be the final API where they need to use it and get the community to use it in order to, to solidify things and make sure it's good. Um, so that's something new that they, they just added to the, the backward compatibility promise, or at least they have a blog post about it. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, seeing some of the bigger projects trying to, to deal with you know, semantic versioning or not, like Laravel doesn't use semantic versioning at all. Really, yeah. um, they do a lot of BC breaks. It's, it's it's something that library maintainers and project maintainers have to do a lot of, and really can consider their users. So that's that's great that you're getting. Wow, Oops. it's really great. Uh, just drop something. <laughs> it's great that you're uh, uh, really taking a look at that seriously and and uh, considering to uh, keep that project moving ahead. Yeah, I mean, just what you mentioned there is one of the things I've I've actually been doing is. Um, I only started a couple of weeks ago, but I'd opened like two or three PRs on Mockery. I tend to, even though I've, uh, I'm pretty much the only person doing anything on it at the minute. Um, I tend to open PRs and leave them up for people just in case someone chimes in with something. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the things I found was I wanted to start using these features straight away and get a feel for them. So I, I, I just made a, a branch on my fork of mockery called uh, experimental and oh, what i'm going to be doing in there is as soon as i finish something that i think's fit for use and ready to go i'm going to merge it into that branch and that'll be the branch i use on my day job in you know so i'm actually going to use the features i'm yeah. building in my day job um mm. even before they've actually been merged into mockery proper as a way to you know try things out for real mm. and stuff like that so that's cool. That sounds awesome. Yeah, I saw the Symphony announcement. I thought it was quite, uh, it seems sensible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I like the idea because, like you say, it's difficult to get something out there when you really got to commit to. Yeah. And, it, and, it, and it, I mean, it forces that whole design by committee, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, when we end up deliberating over something for so long because nobody wants to put something out there and regret it later. Yeah. So, yep. so, yeah, it's cool. I have uh, one other thing on my list that I wanted to mention. Uh, just I haven't looked at it too closely. Um, have you seen uh, p- tinyreminder.com? No. Okay. So do you know, I think it's, I want to say Jane Portman, UI Breakfast. No. Are you familiar with them at all? Mm-mm. Yeah, it's Jane Portman. Uh, so she's a... Um, user interface, user experience sort of specialist. Uh, I don't know where I sort of got into following her from, but um, I remember when she started doing her sort of freelancing thing, she she sort of, uh, she people, I think people pointed her out as a really good example of somebody who had uh, productized their consulting, mm-hmm. you know? So I think you like subscribe to have her, you know, on tap for however many hours per month mm-hmm. for all your UI and UX needs. Um, but anyway, she um, she launched a product called tinyreminder.com and um, the tagline is, I need, and then in parentheses, something from mm-hmm. parentheses, busy client by parentheses, uh, date. Mm-hmm. And my understanding is that you sign up, you say... 
who this thing is for, what you need from them in the, in the, in, uh, and the method is like a, a form builder. So you can add a to-do item or a, a message field so they can type in the message for you. Um, and then you set a reminder schedule and then you send it. And basically it's going to nag them to do this thing <laughs> until they do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, it just, and the thing that, um, the reason I, I haven't actually even looked at the product really clearly and, or tried it or anything like that, so I'm, I'm not recommending it. But the thing that stuck in my mind is on there, I saw it in Product Hunt and uh, she said in the, it was just under three months from the idea to uh, launch. Mm, mm-hmm. And if you could see like the, the sides, I mean, I know she is a, a user interface and user experience sort of expert, but even so, like just to launch something in three months that looks as good as it does, I just thought it was incredibly uh, and cool, basically. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Um, it's uh, have a look and just see. And like I say, in three months from that, just having the idea to get it out there, and it, it got a few hundred upvotes on Product Hunt, which is pretty cool. And I'm sure they've got a few uh, people signed up and are using it. So uh, mm-hmm. very yeah. cool. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. That's awesome. Yeah. So that was it. That's all I had on my list. Cool. Well, I'm probably not going to have a whole lot on my list. I actually have some personal things coming up. My uh, my mom and dad and sister are coming to visit us later today so i'm going to drop off or no we're going to pick up luke uh from school and then go pick them up at the airport so that's pretty exciting they're going to be here uh for the rest of the week um cool i did the last edit of that podcast and it probably sounded pretty horrible to some people uh did you get a chance to listen to it i didn't listen to all of it I yeah. listened to some of it. Yeah. Yeah. Back listen to it. Sound, it didn't sound that bad. <laughs> no. Uh, so I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping I'll be able to do at least a couple of these to see um, if that Adobe edition can be pounded into submission to actually make it sound. All right. Um, so yeah. Uh, so we've been, you, you've been using audacity, correct? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, I had problems with it initially crashing, but mm-hmm. that seems to have fixed itself. Uh, but I haven't updated it or anything like that. I've just sort of like, because it's working and I only use it for this one thing, mm-hmm. I'm just going to leave it like this yeah. for as long as it's working. Yeah. It took it most. So I spent probably three to four hours editing the last episode. And a lot of that was just getting up to speed on the actual workflow of the project. And there's a lot of the, uh, like the compression. I think the compression was all wrong for me. I, I, I sounded like I was underwater. It sounds like you said that that's that usually you see that if, if you over compress it, like, uh, usually noise reduction is what yeah, noise, okay, the, noise reduction. Yeah. Uh, taking the noise out is what the underwater, I don't know the technicalities. Yeah. It, but yeah. And it, um, yeah. So the, um, uh, by the time I got to the end of actually getting everything all lined up, like I couldn't go back then at, at that point to, uh, reapply the, the filters that I'd done at the very beginning. So I figured I'd take a, another shot at it and see if I could do it from the beginning. Now that I know the tool a little better to see if it sounds better. So if anyone had a lot of issues listening to the last episode, my bad. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think it was that bad. Yeah. Right on. Um, also, it really does depend on what you're listening to. Oh, sorry. Listening with as well. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, I think the biggest problem that, that we've had is that Beck and I will try to listen to it in the car. That's usually where we listen to it. And there's something about my audio that always just sounds really awful. 
Um, not awful, but it sounds like I'm at the other end of the room as opposed to you where you're, you're, you're have a lot of like bass and loud and clear and me, I, we always have to turn the volume up for me. So I was hoping that I would be able to uh, adjust some of that. Apparently the levels were really good. Um, I just sounded weird. <laughs> it's like, right. like they, they sounded more, more, more equal. So that, that so that was good. Um, yeah. So, so, um, that's what that's, you know, random podcast related news is uh, just a little bit of change in the editing stuff for a little bit to see how that goes. Yeah. Cool. That's cool. Yeah. I had, I had one more thing I was going to mention there. Uh, Cause you were, you were talking about uh, the, the notes thing. Um, I actually did some hand-drawn notes for one of my talks at sunshine PHP. Um, I start. I've done those on occasion, but I started to do a little bit more of those and it reminded me of, um, a project or not a project, uh, a class that I'd wanted to take, um, uh, by someone named Rachel neighbors, because I think that's how you pronounce her last name. Um, uh, she does, uh, a lot of, uh, UI and design and graphics design things. And she actually has a, I want to double check the name of it. Uh, she, she was giving a, an online workshop for a little while that I almost tried to go into that was uh, practical cartooning for technical folk. Um, that was all about, uh, learning how to, you know, do things to make it easier for people who maybe aren't like actual like artists um, to try to uh, spice up, you know, focusing on show, don't tell that sort of, that sort of thing and how you can um, use, you know, color in different ways. So um, I, re- I revisited that page recently to see if she's still doing it. And it looks like it's like a, it's on a, it's a course now that's just kind of uh, at your own pace sort of thing. So if anyone's looking into to something like that, I would, I would check out, check this out. I've, I don't think I've actually heard specific people that had done it unless, um, I, I don't know. I, I think there was at least one person who recommended it. Um, uh, so, which is how I found it to begin with. Uh, but it looks really cool. So if anyone's looking for that sort of thing, um, uh, definitely check it out. Um, it's, we'll get the, the link on the show notes, but it's practical cartooning for technical folk. So if you want to spice up your, your talks or your presentations with a little, little bit of art. Yeah. It sounds really interesting. Yeah. Um, did I mention, I mentioned in the last show about um, how Hull, the nearest city to us, is the UK city of culture for yep. 2017. Mm-hmm. So I, I made it to, we've been to the art gallery. I had a good look around. I quite enjoyed it. Um, I'd like to go back without the kids. Uh, it was nice with the kids, but they didn't really have a lot of patience for some of the stuff. And yeah. I did like looking at the pieces, but then I also like to read the little blebs that are, were around some of them to... Mm-hmm get a bit more information and that, that wasn't so easy to do. Um, but there's another thing. Um, so the, I think there's a tour for the, it's something like the national, um, nature photography awards or something. So they're bringing, mm. um, a, a display of that to Beverly art gallery next week or something. So I'm going to try and get to that. So that'd be quite nice to see. Cool. But yeah, so far the, the city of culture stuff's been really cool. They had. Did I tell you about the blade? I think you sent me a picture of it. The the yeah. wind, the, the wind, sun, wind turbine. Yeah, yeah, wind blade, turbine. Yeah, it's really cool there, and it's huge as well. So the kids have liked. They've seen it a couple of times now. They they've liked that. So. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. Cool. So, should we leave it at that? It's half an hour. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I, I look. I think I have like two minutes to get downstairs before. Starts okay. coming up here to knock at the door. So, <laughs> well, enjoy your uh, time with your family. All right, sounds good. I'll let her speak soon.
You've been listening to That Podcast with Bo and Dave. You can find Bo on Twitter and Google Plus at Bo Simonson and Dave on Twitter at Dave Development. You can subscribe to this podcast and review it on iTunes. If you'd like to review us but don't feel like we've earned five stars, email us so that we can talk about your issues. You can also subscribe to this podcast with RSS from our website, thatpodcast.io. From our website, you can also sign up for our newsletter to get super secret extra content from Bo and Dave sent directly to your inbox. Like the music? You can thank Gorilla for allowing us to sample the track Dust Kingdom for our intro and outro. You can find Dust Kingdom and other tracks by Grillo at grillo.bandcamp.com, spelled G-R-I-L-L-O.